And welcome to another episode of Couch Coaches. I am your host, Jay Boogie, a.k.a. Jalen. Now, it's getting close to the end of Black History Month, and I just wanted to come out and usually I will come out and highlight all the great black athletes in the world. But I think this time I want to do something a little bit different. But let me open up first by saying prayers up to Tiger Woods right now. He uh, This week was in a single car accident, and he broke both of his legs and one of his ankles. So we're definitely wishing Tiger a speedy recovery and hope that he gets back on the right track. I hope he doesn't have to end his golf career like this. But with injuries like this, sometimes it's very hard to tell. Um, Give me a shout-out to uh, Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams. They put on a hell of a show in the Australian Open for the semifinals. Naomi Osaka actually ended up winning that match and actually went on to win the Australian Open. So she is definitely climbing that ladder to be one of the greatest of all time. She's getting up there very early in her career. And to Serena, keep fighting. And to the reporters, stop asking her uh, when she's going to retire because she doesn't need to. Just because somebody else comes in that's just as good as her does not mean that she needs to fall off because there are plenty of people on these cards in the Australian Open, the U.S. Open, all of that, that have never won it, but they keep coming back every year and nobody's telling them that they need to retire. So that's not fair to her. But opening up my whole black stigma, uh, my black quarterback stigma this month, I'm going to talk about just what some things that I've know I've peaked in the last couple of weeks, really. And it's just become such a bothering thing. First off, I'm going to open up right now by saying Dak Prescott still ain't got paid. I don't know what the Cowboys are doing, and I don't understand why it's taking so long for him to get his money. The man proved to you that without him, that team is nothing. And you guys saw that this season. No offense to Andy Dalton and all those guys, but without him, y'all aren't going anywhere. So pay that man and stop playing with him. The Cowboys did just come out and say, hey, by the tag deadline, I think mid-March, we're going to try to we're going to try to get him signed. But I need them to put a little bit more effort on that. Now, first up, man, let me talk about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Had one of the ultimate stories in college, won a national championship in Alabama. Then, you know, lost his starting job, went to Oklahoma, got into the college football playoffs, got drafted in the second round by the Eagles, and everybody thought, well, they didn't draft him for no reason. And after a move, after the season, Carson Wentz went down. So we thought, okay, Jalen, this is your turn. The Eagles decided, hey, we're going to be watching with Carson Wentz. We're going to trade him, trade him to the coast. Fired Doug Peterson. Okay, you're going to start over new completely. Now, what bothered me the most is right after this happened, literally the day after the Carson Wentz trade, they came around and said, oh, well, that doesn't mean he's our starting quarterback. He, we, we may be bringing in competition for him. And I just want to understand how that's fair. I understand that he was one and three in his games that he did start three of those games. He had them in the game and they lost them off of defense, which is not having enough talent around him period because he had zero talent. That's another thing that we're going to talk about a little bit later, but it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Why for the black quarterback, the sample size gets to just be one game or two games or you might be replacing somebody for a game. And 
that's just how they see you. But I've watched Derek Carr. I've watched Matthew Stafford. I've watched Jared Goff. Hell, I've watched Sam Darnold. All go and struggle. Josh Allen struggled for the first two years of his career and finally just got it together this year. Shout out to him. But they gave him three years to develop. Jalen Hurts got three game, four games, and they told him that this is all you get. And I just and I don't understand that. And you gotta remember, this is also the kid who was asked to switch positions when he first came into the league. And that's another problem because another guy that got that got that same flag and was asked to switch positions was Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, if you guys don't watch ESPN or at Fox or whatever your your sports commentary of choice is, every week. I have never seen people so critical of one player so much game by game. I have seen them dissect every game that this man has played every game when he's on top. Oh, high praise when he has one bad game. Oh, throw him to the trash. He's not what you said he was. He's, he should have just been this and this and this. He's only good at running the ball. He's not a great passer. Have you seen his weapons? Have y'all actually stopped and looked at the weapons that Lamar Jackson has around him? He has nothing. Mark Andrews is a is a decent tight end. Hollywood Brown they is a glorified number two, if that. J.K. Dobbins didn't get to play most of the year. Mark Ingram they didn't even dress him for the playoff game. So what did you expect Lamar Jackson to go out there and do? He literally went out and beat the Tennessee Titans, a team that embarrassed him in the playoff the year before, beat them with his legs because that's because that's what he was forced to do. He wasn't given the opportunity to be a great passer or, or just show off that he is an elite quarterback. They just run the ball, Lamar, and that's how we're going to get back in these games. And that's going to put a lot of wear and tear on his body, and you're going to have another Cam Newton situation on your hands, and that's not what he deserves. And also, with a big point, and a big point with that, and it goes back to the Jalen Hurts situation as well. I don't appreciate the fact that the black quarterback isn't given the amount of weapons that a white quarterback is. And I'm gonna call it what it is because I don't appreciate it. Think about it right now. I just named off Lamar Jackson's weapons. None of them are scaring you on an offense. Jalen Hurts, who played receiver this year? They don't know. They Jalen Hurts probably played with at least eight or nine different receivers. None of them are probably a known name or a name that even puts an ounce of fear in you. Running back-wise, he damn sure didn't have anything. So what, what did you want him to do? And, and first off, they're not the only quarterbacks that have actually – dealt with that this year. Deshaun Watson, they traded away DeAndre Hopkins at the beginning of the year, and he still was an elite receiver in Arizona. Shout out to D-Hop for what he did. Deshaun Watson has had no running backs for the all four years that he has been starting there. Had nothing. No offensive line. Russell Wilson, zero running backs. Chris Carson, eh. Not really, not once again putting fear in anybody. And that offensive line is terrible. And But, you know, there was one person that actually took time and actually developed their guy right now with Andy Reid. Because why? What did he do with Patrick Mahomes? He got him receivers. 
He got him a run game. He got him an offensive line, and he is rebuilding a defense that's turning out to be really solid. So you put all these pieces around them, and they're going to be successful. But what it is is you take a black quarterback and you say, oh, he can run. So I can be lazy in in recruiting players that come here because I'm going to just let him use his legs to make plays. That's not how that works. That's not how that works, especially if you guys are going to put us under the same, under a different microscope than you are other quarterbacks. Tom Brady went down to Tampa Bay and weapons came to him. They made sure they signed weapons to be around Tom the entire time he was there, and he won a Super Bowl because of it. It doesn't make sense. You guys want, people want the black quarterback to just be this electrifying must-see TV athlete, but then you're literally watching them lose games, and then you guys want to you guys want to shit on them basically, and that's that's not fair. Right now, right now you have in the top five in quarterbacks, at least three of those quarterbacks are black. Talking about Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick Mahomes, three of those quarterbacks are the top five in the league. And only one of them has a, a solid team around him. And they say, oh, well, Russell had the magical first half of the season. Y'all do know what happened after that, right? They were terrible. From about week eight to about week two, to the first round of the playoffs where they got knocked out by the Rams, they were terrible. No offensive rhythm. There was no run game. No O-line protection. So much to the point where Russell Wilson is one of the quietest quarterbacks in the world. Except when it comes to loving his family because he loves to put that out there. And all the community give back he does because that's what he likes to do. Even he is coming out now and saying that he wants to be traded because he doesn't feel like he's being treated fairly in Seattle. It's about effort. It's about effort. Baker Mayfield is playing average right now. He had an average, maybe a little above average season. But he had Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt playing offense with him. You better be good if those are the guys you got playing with you. There's no excuse to just be slightly above average. But we're letting that slide. And that's a problem. Lamar Jackson won MVP two years ago. And they already, and, they, and they went right back to calling him, oh, he's not a quarterback. He doesn't deserve that. He's not great. He's not great. He was all hype. He was all hype. He had no weapons. Who do you want a quarterback to throw the ball to? A good receiver, right? Who was he throwing the ball to? People, They were rotating out people. There's no way in the world that you should have a team that's as good as the Baltimore Ravens should be, and you're rotating receivers, and they're and they're under underperforming every year. The receivers underperform every year. They're not giving him anything to work with. And please let and you know what? Let, let if if you want to just find out more. And and more in this case, look at Deshaun Watson right now. Deshaun Watson right now is, in my my perspective, being held captive by the Houston Texans. 
Why are they doing that? Oh, because he's electrifying. Deshaun Watson got beat up this year and still finished top five in the league in passing yards, if I'm not mistaken. Well, did that accumulate the wins? No. Why? He didn't have weapons. Back-to-back weeks this season, there were two games lost by them. One where Deshaun Watson marched him all the way down the field, and on the last play, a bad snap by the center cost him a game. The next week, Deshaun marches him back down the field, last chance to score, throws a dart across the middle, receiver catches it, and gets the ball knocked out of his hand at the two-yard line. Ball game over. Deshaun sat on the bench and cried while his teammates ran to the locker room. You know what you know what happened? A teammate, a player from the Colts during that game came up to him and went across the sideline to him and patted him on the head and said, hey, it's okay, man. Don't worry about it. Not his own teammates, not his coaches, a player from another team. Because you got to expect black quarterbacks to just be miracle workers. And just think that just because they have athletic abilities different from other quarterbacks, that that's what should just carry them. But, oh, if they mess up, you're a second-string quarterback now. You're cut. You're washed up. But in the Houston situation right now with J.J. With, with JJ Watt, look what they did to him. He released. He got released. He got granted his release as a thank you for what you did to the did for this city. Look at what Deshaun Watson has done to this for this city, and look at what J.J. Watt did. And you please tell me where the difference is. Why does Deshaun Watson not deserve that same treatment? Why does he not deserve the opportunity to go play for a championship? But J.J. Watt does. And I don't care if it's the end of his career and he made JJ Watt may be deemed as washed. He's still going to be a starter somewhere next year and probably wreak hell for whoever team, whatever team he ends up going to. The Texans cannot keep holding this man captive just because they decided to just because they decided to make bad decisions. They told this man that they would put him in all the decision making when it came to player personnel coaching staff, and GM hirings. They did none of that. And now, just to throw him a, well, we'll hire, we'll, we'll, we'll hire a minority coach because he wanted Eric Bieniemy, and Houston refused to interview him because they said he didn't interview well. But we obviously saw that was bullshit, so, but whatever. Teams don't deserve him right now. So what they did was they went out and hired a black coach that nobody even knew who he really was or even knew that he was even a candidate for a job as a here, man, damn, just take it now to try to shut him up. You gonna try to shut your star player up that you just need so bad that you won't let him walk away. That's embarrassing. You guys traded away DeAndre Hopkins for a David Johnson who didn't play half the season and draft picks that you don't even use because you still don't have a first-round draft pick this year. So it doesn't even matter. You traded him away for nothing. DeAndre Hopkins went and elevated Kyler Murray so much to the point where they put Kyler Murray in the MVP race for half the season. Think about that. That's crazy to me. 
And remind you, during all of this, he is still the top in yards. But that's not what bothered me the most about this situation. The mo- the thing that bothered me the most about the situation was the fans. The fans decided to, oh, you know, I had to go check the comments, and the fans were eating Deshaun Watson alive. You should just be grateful. You should just be grateful. You signed the contract. You signed the contract. Now let me ask you this thing about this. Imagine you go to a job interview. You do everything that you're supposed to do, and that job sounds amazing. So you're like, hell yeah, I'm ready to do this. You worked your ass off to get this job. You get to the job, and you show the hell out. You're balling. You're showing them that, damn, you are the best. You're the best. You're the best. You're the best. Then you go in there and ask for a raise. And they look at you and say, we don't know if you can do, we don't know if you deserve that, but we're going to pile on a bigger load. Then they say, okay, you know what? We'll give you that raise, but you're not getting any help. You have to do everything by yourself and figure it out. We're not going to help you get the answers. We may even change the style of how things go, but you're not getting help and you better figure it out by yourself. Where's that fair? Where's that fair? It just it it doesn't make sense to me. You want this man just because he signed just because you signed a contract with somebody does not mean that you have to just sit there and be a slave to them and they can just treat you any kind of way and let you and let them just run all over you. And they just use you use your body up. What if something happens to him? Look what happened to Alex Smith. Alex Smith had a gruesome leg injury that could have killed him afterwards. What if something like that, knock on wood, ever happened to Deshaun Watson? Houston's gonna go draft another quarterback that next year and move on from him like it's nothing. Because that's what that's what that's what that's what the league does, especially the NFL. It's always a next man up mentality. But while you're here, giving us your all, you you better be a slave to us and you're going to do exactly what we tell you to do. And y'all say, oh, it's about the money. It's about the money. Y'all don't think that going home and losing a game and then having to see comments about people talking about you and your team and you waking up on ESPN and people are talking about you and how you just not getting the job done. And, and, and they, you think that doesn't affect them? It's not about the dollar amount. It's not about the dollar amount at all. But look at this man's sanity. This man is what, 26? His sanity's not even there. Like, like I, I wouldn't be happy going to Houston every day. There's nothing about that team that screams, hey, this is a great thing. They got rid of my best friend and the one of the best receivers in the league. Top five for sure, maybe even top three just for nothing and then fired the head coach that was an issue too and the head coach was the reason why my best friend or my favorite player is gone and so guess who's left with nothing at the end of the day he is right now like i said houston has no first round pick who the hell are they going to surround deshaun watson with next season who please enlighten me on who they're going to surround him with but they're going to expect him to be a superstar. 
They're going to expect him to be top five in, in receiving yards and passing yards and touchdowns. They're going to want him to lead them to the playoffs. They're going to want them to win that division. But the minute he doesn't do that, everyone's going to say that he doesn't deserve it. And things could be worse, I understand. However, it's not fair. And now kind of getting back into the whole black stigma issue. The switching positions. Did y'all know that? Jalen Hurts, at least every year, there's been one black quarterback from Jalen Hurts dating back to pretty much Terrell Pryor. There's been a black quarterback where they would look at them in their eyes mid-combine during an interview and tell them, have you ever considered switching positions? They told Terrell Pryor he should have went with the receiver. They psyched that man out so much that they made him believe that he needed to go be a receiver. They put him in Oakland with nobody when he first got drafted. And they still told him that he needed to go be a receiver. But he had no weapons, just like a Deshaun Watson. Just like a Jalen Hurts. Just like a Lamar Jackson. And two of those guys also were at switch positions as well. So why, why is this a trend that continues to go on? Why are you telling these kids? You're, what kind of message are you giving off to the younger kids? What younger kid now is going to want to play quarterback when they're looking at how much their favorite quarterback is getting scrutinized? Lamar Jackson was one of the most exciting quarterbacks to watch last season. So was Deshaun Watson. So was Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts, people were waiting for him to get his opportunity to play. And now as soon as fast, just as fast as he got that opportunity, the Eagles are about to take it away from him because they clearly don't know what the hell they're doing. To the young kids out there that are trying to play quarterback, use your athleticism and use every skill that you have. Learn how to throw the ball. Learn how to read the plays. Be better than what they're advertising you to be because you're already going to be labeled a certain thing when you come into the league. And no, it's not fair. No, it's not something that should happen. But unfortunately, it keeps happening. And it's going to change, but it's going to change when we decide to change it. To those guys that I mentioned, I really hope that y'all get some get some help. And I hope these organizations let you guys get back to having fun. Deshaun Watson, I really, really, really hope that things work out for you. Russell, Lamar, Jalen Hurts, keep pushing, keep fighting, keep doing what you got to do. Now, my big story that I wanted to talk about. Cam Newton, Super Cam, Superman, Heisman Trophy winner, National Championship winner, 
MVP of the league in the NFL, Offensive Player of the Year, took his team to the Super Bowl, multiple-time Pro Bowler, an All-Pro, single-handedly changed the game, made the NFL fun, and did it his own way. So Cam Newton this week was on the uh, I Am podcast, amazing podcast I listen to every week. You guys should listen to it, too. And uh, he said some uh, interesting things. Um, those guys were kind of asking him, you know, what he wants to do for this offseason. He said, hey, I want to go back to New England because he said he liked the challenge of going back to New England. He fully knew what was going on and what the hand he was dealt. He, just like Lamar and just like Deshaun, were given no weapons. There was no running game there. There was no defense because half of the defense opted out. The receivers, I God, I don't even know who he was throwing to. He threw, I think, more receiving. He threw more passes to running backs this year than he did receivers, and I don't know when that's ever been done before. Um. Also, too, you guys got to forget he had COVID midseason. He was on for two weeks, and that kind of stopped the 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 train that he was on. There was he had no offseason. Many people didn't, but he had no offseason because he signed late summer with the Patriots. So he hasn't really been given an opportunity to get back because he had an injury. Because the Panthers did what? The same thing they did to Deshaun Watson. Use and, and Lamar Jackson actually. Use your God given talents to just get us through but we can't give you anything else around you. And I said, oh, well, you had a defense. You had a defense. You had a defense. Thomas Davis was old. Josh Norman was overrated, as you can see. Luke Higley had concussions every other week. He didn't have much either. They let go of Steve Smith and literally went, he literally went down to nothing at that point. So the whole super camp stretch where he won MVP, he did that by himself. They gave him Kirsten McCaffrey, and Kirsten McCaffrey got hurt. Because why? You only had Cam and Christian to play for. If those are the only two people I got to defend on a, on a defense, guess what? It's a hell of a lot easier for me. But I brought up Cam for a few reasons. And one was that podcast, and he just, as you listen to him on that podcast, you could understand why he's so hurt by how he's been done. But he said he saw the writing on the wall, and he knew what was coming. But a lot of it he didn't find out until after he left. So what do you want a man to do when a team writes you off and already makes an exit plan for you multiple years before you even leave? Oh, they said his arm strength wasn't the same. They said this and that wasn't the same. But you took away every piece of that man. You took every piece of that man away. What did you want him to do? If someone doesn't have faith in you and what you can do and you can feel it, are you going to want that? Give it, go out there and give it your all? Especially when you already know that they already have an exit plan for you.
this man changed the game in those late 2000s, early 2010s. He was electrifying. You couldn't stop him running the ball. He was too big and strong to take down. And he had an amazing arm. But why why is there why was he held at such a different level? Because the minute he got hurt and things started going downhill, nobody mentioned that it was injuries. They just said his throwing mechanics were bad. They just said that everybody figured him out. The man had multiple shoulder surgeries. What did you want him to do? Hey, maybe the Panthers should have been like, you know what? Let's get him a couple receivers and try to work that out. You know, protect him a little bit more. Did they do that? No. They left that man high and dry and told him, hey, this is what you got. Work with it or leave. And he tried. He tried. His body gave up. He had more injuries his last season in Carolina, and guess what they did? Let me go ahead and throw you to the throw you to the trash because that's where you belong. So just think about all that that he went through. And that is kind of where I'm getting into my last and final topic for the day. Going on with my black QB stigma. And if you guys didn't see the video, I'm going to talk about that video and I'm going to tell you guys why. This is exactly another problem that we've been letting slide by that we can't do anymore. Now, hopefully you guys could hear that, but that was a clip from last week when Cam Newton at his seven on seven camps that he does down here in Atlanta. A young kid decided to heckle him. A kid decided to tell him that he's a free agent, to call him ass. Told him that he was about to be poor. And <laughs> what's so funny about this is I'm assuming the young man just, just wanted some clout, wanted his little 15 minutes of fame. But I don't think that he really, really realized young man, you're at Cam Newton's camp. You or your family paid money for you to go to Cam Newton's camp and you heckled him. You called him trash. You called him ass. Told him that he was a free agent. You haven't even got there, son. Are you even going to be a starter on your team? And that could be high school or JV, whatever it is. You can't. Yeah, we can't do stuff like this. As a black community, we can't do stuff like this. This is this is this is truly embarrassing. If people know around Atlanta, Cam Newton gives back at every chance he can. 
And yo, it's it, it, that's crazy just to hear that one of our own kids looked at that man in his face and told him he was ass and told him he was a free agent. For what? 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 What did you really gain from that? You gained an entire league talking about how they would have handled that situation with you. Because to me, he can't handle it the best. He asked where the boy's father was and where, where's your dad because he wanted to talk to him. Because he knows he can't talk to a kid. That's not how that works. And I just don't think that... I just... I just don't think that it's not... This is not productive for a black quarterback. This is the exact problem with us. And I understand that they always say, well, even during the hardest times, black people are always going to find something to laugh about. This is not one of those times. Cam Newton's in a very, very precarious situation in the league where he doesn't know if he's going to be a backup, if he's going to be a starter, if he's even going to have a team that wants to sign him next year. Like, you can't... You can't do that. It's not funny. It's not it's not healthy. Like it's not it's not fun for the world. This is the man who gives back 24/7 and even in the I am podcast referred back to that said, "Hey, when we do things, I will help you donate money. I will show up to the events, but do not put my name on any of it." Because that's not how he rocks. And he said that, guys, go back and please watch that episode of the I Am Podcast because this is a great episode. And for the kid to call him broke, once again, revert back to the podcast. Cam has a hat business for all the people who talked about how he dresses. He has a hat business already. So every hat that he's been wearing that you guys have seen is a hat from his line. He has a cigar business. He has a cigar bar that he opened up down here in Atlanta. And he's constantly giving back the seven on sevens, the food drives, donating, spending, just spending the time with the kids, going to the children's hospitals. He does all of that. And not once does he post a picture about any of it, because that's not what he does it for. He does it to actually show these kids there's a way out. There's a way out other than selling drugs, other than doing something illegal that there's a better way out, that there is is the other side of the fence and that you can climb and get on the other side of the fence as well. And and I get, you know, and since then, since the the incident with the heckler, the kid, you know, did come out and apologize. I'm assuming that his uh, parents made him, you know, issue an apology, probably his high school and his coaches or whatever. But that's, that's a bigger underlying issue that we have. Why... A lot of parents are going to say this. Well, I can't control what my child does. But your child should know right from wrong. Your child should know that this isn't okay. Where is it okay to talk to an adult, a grown adult that way just for fun? Just for get some laughs out of your friends. So like parents and in our community, we have to do a better job of 
establishing that when somebody's trying to give back to you and give you knowledge and give you guys exposure, this is not how you treat them by calling them ass and trying to be funny. You got all your boys, ha 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 ha, recording on Snapchat with you. That's not funny. That's immature and that's something that sets us back. Because right now, Cam Newton should be the topic of conversation because he said he wants to go back to New England and that he's ready to learn what the what they full offseason. He can do a thousand times better with the full offseason. And he took responsibility for not being that great because of the full offseason, not having a full offseason and having COVID. But instead, we're focusing on how he's got to handle a heckling kid who didn't know how to keep his mouth shut and be grateful for the situation that he was in. That man gave you guys an opportunity. And instead you shitted on him and laughed at him. For literally your little 10 second Snapchat. Where is that okay? And I and I do hope that young man's parents had a, a real, real in-depth, deep conversation with him about that. Because it's more than just telling your kid that, that was wrong. Because that's like I said, that sets us back. If you want another example of that, look at Deion Sanders right now. Deion Sanders decided, I'm going to go down to Jackson State. Deion Sanders could be on ESPN, NFL Network, Fox News, wherever he wants to right now, reporting on sports. But he chose not to do that because he decided, I would rather go down to Jackson State, spend my time there, and get my kids ready for football season. And I'm going to go down to a community, a HBCU a black community and I'm going to let that community shine and show and show how great these kids really are and give them the exposure that they deserve because HBCU kids or HBCU athletes don't get that opportunity. There are only a handful of kids that have been at the HBCU that are in the league right now. And I can guarantee you most of it is because they didn't get that right exposure. So Deion Sanders is trying to do that. What happens in the first week that he's there? He has a boombox that he said that a friend gave to him. Somebody broke into his truck overnight and stole it from the uh, from their facility at Jackson State. He had to go and and put a video out to the community and say, hey, community, I need y'all to come together and I need y'all to get my boombox back. It came back a couple of days later, but that's not the point. The point is, why did you steal from this man? who came down here to specifically help make this community better. Then you thought it was over this week over the weekend. They had their first game shadow to Jackson state who won that game 53 to nothing. And in, in full Deion Sanders form. While that game was going on though, somebody went into their locker room Broke into their locker room, I'll say, and stole more stuff out of their locker room. So now, I want y'all to fully understand this. This man is giving exposure to an HBCU. Something a lot of school, a lot of athletes have not done besides just wearing t-shirts. This man went into that community and said, I'm going to change it. I'm going to bring the best recruits down here. I'm going to have NFL scouts down here. I'm going to have these kids. I'm going to take them and turn them into men. 
whether it's playing football or pass football, I want to make sure they're always doing what they're supposed to do. And he chose to do that. And the world shitted on him. The community shitted on him. As a black community, that is unacceptable. Y'all just took this man, y'all stole from this man who literally came down here to give your children an opportunity. An opportunity that nobody else is going to give them. This man is worth millions of dollars. Known as probably one of the greatest football players of all time. Certainly the best cornerback of all time. And you got stole from him. And it only takes one person to give the whole community a bad image. It, it it doesn't it doesn't sit right with me to hear stories like this. It doesn't. The Dion story or the Cam story. Because black quarterbacks, for one, going back to Cam, already have the world against them. They're already having people watch them and wait on them to fail. Now, we're not doing anything but heightening that in our own community, the people that we should be able to fall back on and always come to for advice and keep your head up, man. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You know, and just giving them that encouragement that they need and instead we're not doing that. We're just we're just making life harder on them as if they already don't have the world against them. So so things have got to change, man, especially for the black quarterback. I've heard too much scrutiny of us and watch other people allow us allow be allowed to say these bad things about us and no one sticks up for them. Everyone everyone just stays quiet and just stays to the side. That's not how things should be. We need to protect ourselves and protect one another because we need to be better as a community. No more of this fake. Are we doing it for money? This is this and that. No. Protect these people, man. You don't know what they go through. You don't know what they've been through. Help them out. If these guys are going out and they're giving to the community, maybe that should inspire you to help your community. Maybe you should should sit your kids down and say, hey, look at this. Use this as an example. Not the rapper that wears 50,000 chains that talks about having sex with women and killing people. Use it as the guy who worked hard, busted his ass to get to the NFL or any professional sport, man or woman. And look at them and look at the amazing thing that they did and look what they brought to the table and look what they're doing now. They could all be sitting at home. They could be in clubs at night. They could be doing whatever the hell they want to do, but they are taking time out of their days 
out of their lives to come give you guys an opportunity to get in that same position because they want when you get in that same position to pass that down to them. It just takes one, one person to stick up for Cam Newton at that camp and say, hey, yo, that's not right. Chill out with all that. Nobody did. Everyone sat back and laughed because laughing is a lot easier than sticking out and being different. So with that being said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast for the day. I really hope you enjoyed my Black History Month edition with a little bit of a twist. I know it's a little bit different than just the, like I said, the encouraging and the the, the empowering, the um, just talking about older Black history, stuff that we already know about. Let's get into right now and what we can do for the future of Black history. So next this time next year, we're in a better position for ourselves. But I'm going to end this right here. You guys have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll see y'all next week.